It's the last San Diego Comic Con of the year, Mike. We cannot hold anything back now. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And it's our Comic-Con International coverage straight out of San Diego, Mike. You were there. That's right. That's right. I was there. I was on the ground, and my feet are sore. Your feet are sore. Uh, I We have our first looks at Aquaman and Shazam, mm-hmm. surprisingly, uh, right out the gate here. Uh, we're going to return of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, and you will uh, promptly explain it to me because I don't understand it. <laughs> exactly. And tons of other trailers, including Titans, Young Justice, uh, what else did we watch? Uh, Fantastic we, Beast, Godzilla, you name it, it's in here we, probably. Yeah, we watched a lot. We've been actually on this mic for about a half hour already. We had to go ahead and watch all of these. It's really funny. Trailers are very like short, you know, little snippets, but when you got to watch like 10 of them in a row, that like, takes up takes up quite a bit of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what we're going to do is go ahead and count ourselves lucky, Mike, that, that Marvel wasn't there because that would be another half hour probably Ooh, of trailers. Yeah. <laughs> or at least footage looking back on 10 years of Marvel. So uh-huh. uh, definitely, definitely a lot going on. So... Um, I'm going to preface this with going um, on about my weekend, which is not Comic-Con related, Mike, because technically it's been about two weeks since we've been in front of the mics. Uh, That's true. So it's been a while, but, um, over, over this time period, I've been to Chicago. Um, we saw Hamilton. That was an enjoyable play. Mike, have you seen it? Oh, it's so good. It's treasured. Uh, those songs will stick in your ears and, uh, probably uh, if you haven't already, you should go listen to the soundtrack. It's fun. Yeah, uh, but other than that, Chicago was kind of a bust. <laughs> um, my a tree almost fell on my house this weekend. Pretty close oh, no. to taking it all out. Yeah, we had some some storms just pop up out of nowhere, and this big, uh, I'd say forty foot tree, fifty foot tree fell down three foot over. It would have knocked out our whole back deck. No, um, no. but the just that. So I, I've been using the chainsaw as you saw to cut off some of the branches. Um, I kind of likened it to manscaping. I'm like, oh, this is very easy. This is not a very large job at all. You cut back a little of the brush, and you're like, oh, this looks a lot bigger than I thought it would be. So um, that, that's that's been going on here in our kitchen. Uh, I'm kind of taking a pause because of that, because you're like, we have a nut- this tree that fell over shared a base with another tree, and I'm like, we got to get that one taken down ASAP, or else it's coming through the house next time. Can't get lucky twice, but... Um, I am just all over the place, Mike. I don't know where I'm coming or going, but thankfully, I was able to sit down and focus on a lot of this Comic-Con news this week. Um, good, bad, in the middle, we, we've got it all. But you, you've you been coast to coast over the past two weeks. Yeah, I've been all over the place. I was in Florida the other week. Uh, I've been down in San Diego this past weekend. And Chris, if you wanted to uh, avoid all of those adult shenanigans of taking care of your home... Uh, you should have came to San Diego with me and went to this little convention known as San Diego Comic-Con. Because I, I've never heard of it. Tell, tell me more about this convention. Because it, it, it was a blast. I brought home the Quick Guide, which is just this little uh, just this little uh, schedule they give you. And I'm going to give this podcast a little tactile noise of turning through the pages here. And I circled all of the things that I went to panel-wise. So luckily, as some people, if they are longtime listeners of the show, will know that you are my man in the chair. Yes. You facilitate me being able to do whatever I want at the convention. So I don't have to stand in line forever 
to get all of the latest news because you'll just uh, you'll just text it to me or send me uh, <laughs> send me updates throughout the day, so I don't have to go crazy trying to keep up with all of this. You're the man in the chair. I mean, uh, if you have the internet, you're gonna get all of uh, you're gonna get all the news, but uh, you got to be on the ground to really feel it and have uh, Aquaman yell at you on the sidewalk. I'll get to that in a moment. But let's start off. Uh, I'm just going to ramble off all the panels that I went to. Um, Go through it. Yeah, we'll, I will take a nap. No, I'm kidding. Go on. <laughs> you went to a lot. I went to uh, We Wrote Your Childhood, which is a bunch of uh, writers from a 90s cartoon show from Nickelodeon. That was really cool. I went to Marvel's Iron Fist panel, which was one of the few kind of blockbuster Marvel things at the convention. So that was uh, that was cool to go to. Went to Screen Junkies Movie Fights, which was great. There was an awesome fight between, between Koi Jandro and Dan Merle, where they had to fight the bait between best, uh, best between uh, Batman the Animated Series and X-Men the Animated Series. And you would think, uh, like I would, that uh, Batman would win out, but mm. Dan's an amazing arguer, so that was an awesome panel. Uh, I saw like the tail end of the new Fooly Cooly TV show that's coming out to Adult Swim. That's an anime, if you're not familiar with it. That's kind of getting rebooted, sequelized. So I saw a little bit of that. It's just F- as weird. FLCL? Yes, thing? FLCL. Okay. I remember it being just as weird as I did back in the past, so that that's a good sign. Um, after that, I sat through a panel for a new show called Dream Corp LLC, which is also an Adult Swim show, which is really crazy. Uh, the episode that we got to watch, which is a 15-minute episode, starred... Um, uh, Jimmy, I don't know his last name, but it's Jimmy the McPoyle. That's also oh, in Westworld. Yeah, yeah. Um, he Jimmy wa- Simpson. Yeah, he was like the guest star on the episode. And what it is, it's this, uh, it's this weird corporation that you go to when you're having these crazy dreams that are like keeping you from falling asleep or resting well or just uh, being able to uh, uh, function day to day life. So they kind of like jack you into this matrix type system and they help you cope with it. But it's all live action until you go into the dream and then everything's like rotoscoped like that Keanu Reeves movie that I don't remember what it's called. Is it um, like Scanner Darkly, is that what it is? Yeah, it's Scanner Darkly. Yep. Yeah, so it gets all trippy. It looks really, really cool. So I don't know if rotoscoping is finally cheap enough to do on a 15-minute basis for Adult Swim or if they just decided to dedicate it to it. But it looks really cool, really trippy. That was fun. But I sat through that so I could watch the Venture Brothers panel because we all know how much I love my adult animation. Uh, so that was really cool. I got to see some clips for that. Uh, they got an art book coming out that's going to be showing up in my Amazon inbox soon. Uh, after that, I wandered around downtown San Diego and I saw this giant Dell computer that you could literally walk oh, on top yeah. of and you could hit the buttons with your feet. That was really cool. They were playing some sort of like your some sort of like eight bit top scrolling uh, game like a dungeon crawler, but it was to music. I didn't really understand it, what was going on, but that was pretty cool. Uh, no Ethernet ports on that 20-foot computer, though, so they can make them that big, but they're still not putting Ethernet ports on them. Uh, after have a disk th- drive? Laser disk? <laughs> I don't think I saw a disk drive either. Um, but And also, uh, Monster was handing out these branded Deadpool mutant sodas around the city, and uh, my wife got me one when uh, she was walking around down there, and it was really good because it kind of tasted reminiscent of. Do you remember the soda vault? Chris? Yeah, it's, it's green, right? Yeah, they, it was, they had that at C two E two. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So I don't know if it's like out there in gas stations yet, or like your local Seven Elevens. Seven Elevens have them. Um, Ooh, 
because they're Deadpool merchandise. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, if you if you see those, I highly recommend because man, I freaking love Vault. It was delicious. Um, and then I went to this is probably something I try to do every Comic Con is I try to catch up with Adam Savage, uh, the co-host, uh, the real maker extraordinaire that was uh, on MythBusters. So he's kind of really taken the reins and uh, plowed forward with uh, this whole like making community. And he's just like a really cool guy and it's insanely nerdy. And he's probably the most underrated, understated um, celebrity at Comic-Con. Like his lines for his panels are always like around the buildings. It wraps a million different times around. So I was front row for that. So that was really cool. That was really great. And that was just Friday. I got a whole other day to go. So what did I do on what did I do on Saturday, Chris? I went to the Simpsons panel because I'd never gone to a Simpsons panel before. And again, the theme of animation, which I love to do that kind of stuff. Uh, Matt Groening was just handing out like he had just giant paper pad that he was drawing just original Homers and Lisas on with a big sharpie, and he would just like rip it off and hand it to people in the crowd and people that ask good questions. And he was just like chucking merch all over the place. This guy is just like a merch machine. So if you ever go to any panel that Matt Groening is on, uh, make sure you ask a question, and you're probably going to get something for free, so that's pretty sweet. Um, I went to a panel with the creators of a bunch of uh, Cartoon Network shows, and I got to see a little teaser trailer for this kind of science fiction show that they have coming out called Infinity Train. Uh, the the pilot is on, I guess maybe the short, not necessarily the pilot, it's on YouTube. So a lot of people are hyped about that because I, we haven't really had like really heavy science fiction cartoons in a long time, so that might be pretty fun on, on Cartoon Network. And then after that, uh, me and friend of the show, Quentin Parker, uh, went down to the show floor. We took a look at some of the kick-ass uh, sideshow collectibles. Those are always awesome. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting my favorite one to actually be, I, I guess, a pseudo-old figure, but it would uh, the um, the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I don't know if it was there last year and I just didn't miss it, but it looked really sweet. It's so cool seeing that stuff up close and personal because you can see all the mechanics on the wings. But uh, after that, we promptly made it over to like the uh, way far side of the expo floor, and we played ourselves some new uh, Super Smash Brothers, uh, which the line wasn't crazy too long. Uh, he actually went to E3 and attempted to play the game, but I guess it was a little too fresh back when it was announced at E3, and he couldn't get through the line. So we sat through the line. Uh, got in and you get grouped up by force to play the game so we were on a tv together and then we looked to our right you know checking to see who the two people were going to be playing against two little girls about (laughs) uh as high as my waist could barely even see the tv and i almost like looked at the person who was like running all of these televisions i was just like i mean i guess we have to play against them i I felt kind of bummed because you know you want a little bit of competition but then i like i'm already digging myself into a ditch here because they said that you play two rounds and whoever wins the second round wins a pin and pins are basically like currency at comic-con like uh we tried uh, tooth and nail to get these like exclusive pins from the nickelodeon booth so when i hear free pin i we got super competitive so we were like we're gonna beat these little girls (laughs) into the dirt because i want this pin uh, but sadly, uh, these girls all wanted to play as Zelda because it's like the one princess that's on the screen. So when we get around to the second round, if you're not familiar with these characters, it, it, no one that knows how to play the game can just take the controller and just hit the reflect button all the time. 
So we were super furious because we were dealing all the damage on this stage. And then they would just, like, hit, randomly hit reflect just standing still. And, like, the girls won. The little girls, like, destroyed us. We, we felt, like, humiliated. We didn't win the pin. And then just to rub salt in the wound, their dad was, like, was gaming on the TV right next to us. And they just, I didn't like the way he treated us after we lost. So I wasn't a fan of that, Chris. Wow, uh, I feel so bad <laughs> for you. Right but now. It, it was really difficult. But as for the merits of the game, played just like a Smash Brothers, so nothing to complain there. But the Pro Controller, the buttons are mapped totally not similar to the GameCube controller. So I don't know if people are going to try to get used to it or if there's going to be a really easy remapping feature where you can just well, on, the, on the fly change your button combos. But I couldn't even figure out how to jump for a while. Well, I mean, really confusing. The, the fact you say GameCube controller means you've been out for at least three iterations of Smash Brothers at this point. So... They always release a GameCube controller for the game when it comes out, but I, I don't see a lot of people using those anymore. So mm, That GameCube controller is just hardwired into my brain, so yeah. I'm sure there's some other people out there at least a little bit like me. But then I capped off my day with a little more Matt Groening because he has a Netflix original show coming to Netflix called Disenchantment, so I watched that. That was pretty fun. Got to see some of the voice actors on stage. Uh, he's handed out more merch because I told you he's a merch machine. Uh, but after that, after that uh, panel that ended at like 6.30, things started to get really crazy, really fun. So uh, part of our uh, party broke off and went back to the hotel to kind of drop off some, some of the stuff that they had. A friend of the show, uh, Quentin Parker, brought, bought a gigantic omnibus of Onslaught, <laughs> and it was huge. This thing is the, like the thickness of like two cinder blocks. And I could barely pick it up with one hand, and he put it in his backpack. He bought this in the middle of the afternoon, and I'm just like, oh, man, I'm glad you bought it. I'm sure that's going to be a fun read, but, like, I wouldn't want to carry that around in my backpack. So. Quentin, I feel you so bad. I've <laughs> carried thing, so many trades around like that. Yeah, it was gigantic. So um, uh, so he broke off, went back to the hotel, and then me and a friend went to the Rick and Morty experience that was on a, a different part of downtown. So you could take a picture with the blow-up blow up robotic sex doll and an inflatable pickle Rick. And in front of the, the Rickmobile, I uh, bought myself some merch. Uh, they had some drinks going on there, so we bought some drinks, just chilled there for a little bit. Uh, but then we all reunited on the corner of uh, J and 6th Street. So let me explain downtown San Diego to everyone just a little bit before I wrap up my Comic-Con summary here. So uh, the, the uh, Hard Rock Hotel, which is probably the closest hotel right across the street from the convention center, is where all of the craziness happens. This is where a lot of the news outlets go, like Entertainment Weekly, to interview big celebrities. Uh, there's like a side door that people wait outside of all day just to get a glimpse of celebrities, right? So that's right on the corner of 6th and J. So you kind of got to know, you kind of got to be a Comic-Con um, uh, experienced person to really know what's going on over there at the Hard Rock. So on Saturday nights, a lot of celebrities start, start to get uh, whisked away over to this hotel because there's a big EW Comic-Con Hollywood party. It's the most exclusive party of the whole weekend. Uh, I would give my testicles uh, to get into this party because you, really, you legit have to be a celebrity to get in, and it sounds amazing. So we're just sitting there waiting on the street corner, waiting for our party to reconvene, and then just out of the corner of my eye, I see a man surrounded by a bunch of people getting whisked away, and it's Jason Momoa. Which is hilarious because he is just like two arms lengths away from me and all of my chill evaporates from my body and I just start screaming like a lunatic. I just go like, Jason, Aquaman! And like I'm freaking out and like everyone's starting to figure out what's happening around. And he just turns around and looks at me and he goes, my man, 
and it just made my entire Comic-Con weekend uh, that Aquaman said that to me. And then briefly after that, just five minutes later, Ezra Miller in this really weird pink toad outfit went down the other direction of the street, and I ran after him, and I said, run, Barry, run, and he didn't say anything. So the chill was already gone, so I was just I was yelling at everybody. So it was you, very... I mean, I heard you. I heard you across <laughs> the country yelling at these people. Yeah, it was very exciting. And then Saturday was a really great day because I was walking around. Uh, we were all dressed as characters uh, from the original Jurassic Park. Um, I was Alan Grant. And to top off my costume, if you follow me on social media um, at Mike Royer Design, either on Twitter or Instagram, you can see my costume was accompanied by a, a cutout sign that I was carrying around in the stick, which was a screenshot of the raptor from Jurassic Park 3 with a dialogue bubble next to him saying, Alan. So I walked around the whole convention on Saturday. I had this thing in my hand for like uh, 17 hours, and everybody loved it. Some people got the deep cut reference right away and were laughing hysterically and wanted a picture with me. Other people just kind of stared at it like, what is that? I don't understand this moment from this dinosaur movie that you're trying to show me. So the whole day, people were just shouting Alan at me. It was really great. Um, I came I, across... <laughs> just to, before, you, before you stop there, yeah. I have been questioned why Jurassic Park 3 is halfway through viewing on my movie app <laughs> this week. And because I went to try to find the 4K image for Mike to use for this for some reason. Yes, and because because I am a, a professional, and when I do any sort of printed graphics material, my uh, professionalism kicks in. I'm just like, i got to get at the highest source of this I can. But unfortunately, as we learned, you can't do screenshots within iTunes. So I had to yeah. settle for a 1080 a 1080 screenshot, which actually worked pretty well, you know. Uh, so if anybody ever wants to print anything on 11 by 17, I, you'll you'll manage with a with a 1080 screenshot. Yeah. So don't don't worry too much about that. So that was really excited. I ran into three pseudo internet celebrities, which some people may not know about, and I got I shook all their hands. It was really fun. The first one, uh, her name is Jenny Nicholson. She had a little show on Screen Junkies called Millennial Falcon. She has her own like kind of independent uh, YouTube channel where she talks about Star. Wars a lot, so some people might be familiar with her. She actually spotted me on the sidewalk. She was inside of a neon pedicab, and she was yelling at me, and she was screaming Alan on Saturday because I was wearing a costume, so I ran out into traffic while she was at a red light because I recognized it was her, and I said, I'm a fan. You're Jenny Nicholson, right? And I shook her hand, and she was like, I love your costume, so she might have a picture of me somewhere out there, so that was really I, cool. I hope it's not her, and it was just some random person who looked <laughs> like her, but I, just I, I, I think it was. If it wasn't, she was playing along. She was being really nice. Um, I ran into a cartoonist at the 40th floor of the Hyatt. There's a bar up there. Uh, his name is Luke McGarry. He does a lot of uh, cartooning for, uh, like, Mad Magazine and... Uh, some other like internet outlets. He does a lot of uh, popular concert posters out here for festivals. He was a really cool guy. I noticed him. He was really chill. He shook my hand. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier in my weekend, uh, that movie fight debate that happened between Dan Merle and Koi Jandro, uh, I saw Koi Jandro at the bar, and I went up to him, and I said, you, you fought a valiant fight, but uh, Dan really edged you out there. He uh, had a good argument for X-Men the Animated Series where he said, most of those episodes, or a lot of them, are serialized, whereas Batman's just kind of like one-offs. And uh, that was a really good argument. So he was really cool. He was a cool guy. I'm sure these pseudo-internet celebrities like being recognized, and uh, so I hope well, they appreciated well, my... my <laughs> Coy does the Marvel News podcast, doesn't he? Or Marvel News podcast? Yeah, he, yeah, sure. he does. And he's a, he's a quick spitfire talker. Yeah. So um, it was cool to run into him. So uh, overall, amazing weekend. Big celebrities... 
small celebrities. Oh, and I ran into uh, Leonard Moulton, the the movie critic in the bathroom. I washed my hands next to him. Yeah, and, I, you know what? I got he he is on the front half of my Star Wars VHS tapes growing up, interviewing George <laughs> Lucas and to fast forward through each of them to watch the movie. So yeah, I have I like just, this like weird like I don't know. I'm against Leonard Moulton, but not for anything personal. He just wasted a lot of my time. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I guess one, two more bathroom stories real quick, because lots of stuff goes down at the bathroom at San Diego Comic-Con. I shared a brat bathroom briefly with some of the actors from Vikings, but I don't watch Vikings. The only reason I knew is because I heard people outside saying, yeah, those are the guys from Vikings in there. And when I tried to walk out of the bathroom, there was a sign that I saw the back half of, and when I looked at the other side, it said bathroom temporarily closed, and there was, like, bodyguards outside. So I was like, I guess you guys didn't know I was in there. <laughs> so uh, if you ever see a bunch of buff dudes at a Comic-Con without a badge on, uh, they're probably famous. So, and um, Deadpool had toilet seat covers. That's on my Instagram story, too. That was kind of funny. So, yeah, really great Comic-Con. Uh, I loved it. Um, Chris, you got to come next year, man. I think I can get you a badge. So start uh, start saving those nickels. Yeah, we'll get, yeah we'll I mean, if, if I can get a f- – the badge cost is huge. The plane and hotel cost is also huge. So if we can get one of those down to zero – I'm really excited about this. Yeah, so. we'll see what we can do. But yeah, if if man, if we were both there on the floor, it's going to be crazy. That means we wouldn't do the show until like <laughs> a week later. But uh, but it's time for that news, Mike. I mean, you, oh, you did a yeah. lot of panels, but you didn't bring a lot of news with this with that that story. So we got to get into it now. Let's um, get into it, man. You saw all of this stuff, and I waited patiently until like. 30 minutes ago to watch all this stuff. Uh, you weren't patient. Let's not lie about this. <laughs> so the first thing that jumped... Like, this is all in... Like I tried to organize this as much as possible, Mike, but it is all over the place because there is so much here. Uh, first and foremost, DC Universe. You went to this panel, I believe. Did you not? Uh, no, I didn't get okay. a chance to head up this. We... Uh, traffic. But, but you had information <laughs> on it, though. That's yes. what surprised me. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, I believe the thing is, if you get into it before September... Uh, or in the middle of September, was it? It's $75 for 15 months of DC Universe. Yeah, which is uh, crazy. I don't think we I don't think we know what the final cost is going to be month to month, but this sounds like a really good deal if you go up front. Yeah, it's like what? Uh, I think in the math it's like, what, five a month? Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah, and that's comics, movies, TV, and TV shows, and all this other stuff, including Titans. And we got our first Titans trailer, uh, which I believe is premiering with the service this fall. Um, the Titans trailer, Mike... I think the biggest takeaway from here, and, and you'll have to pardon the language, but we're just we're just quoting here, is fuck Batman right out of Robin's <laughs> mouth. Yeah, he seems to be a little jaded about the whole bat experience. So the, my takeaways from this trailer are, I love that they're referencing Batman. They're not just kind of like leaving it there and not talking about the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. which is something that a lot of the CW shows do. I think the only reason even Superman was brought up in Supergirl's show was they were trying to get her higher ratings when she was still on CBS. Um, so I think maybe that's why even Superman showed up. But I'm glad we're mentioning these bigger heroes, maybe slowly trying to fold them in, possibly. But, yeah, the language, the blood, there's a big uh, mature audience-only warning at the beginning of this. Yeah. Uh, but unsurprisingly, since this is a Berlanti production who makes all of these other CW shows, this feels a lot like a Berlanti show with swearing. So I think the expectation of what you're going to get might not be too surprising. Just try to imagine, you know, watching Arrow with like some swearing and blood and maybe that's what we'll get here. I'm hoping maybe the budget per episode is a little higher. So maybe we'll get a little bit more um a little bit more tight uh special effects. Uh, I, I mean, but- I don't know how many special effects you need other than I guess well we have a demon, an alien and a 
Yeah, never mind. I take that back. <laughs> I, I was trying to think, because I mean, all I'm thinking right now, I see um, Robin, and then the characters Hawk and Dove, and then the uh, Raven got a lot, like, Raven and Robin got a lot of scene time. We only yeah. got one shot of Starfire, one or two shots of Beast Boy, and... We um, didn't see any Beast Boy transformation, did we? We just saw no. the green kid jumping, I believe. Yeah, that, and then, like, a close-up of his face later on. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're really kind of holding back, uh, just kind of a teasiness, kind of giving us a little bit. It feels like a Marvel Netflix show, uh, like comparably, but maybe, I, I, I don't know. It just felt more Netflixy than, than CW to me. Um, yeah, I, I was, um, I was kind of shocked that Raven was going to be so integral to at least this first season. She was front and center of this trailer, really seeming to move the story along. It seems she has the, um, the agency to to hunt out Robin, so I I, mm. I think this could be a fun. I mean, the the F Batman line. I think you we were both watching it at the same time, and you heard me over the mic. Go, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried I tried to share this a lot. I like when when this dropped, I was like, oh man, there there are going. I'm not going to say serious, but at least, you know, more adult theme for this. And there's a couple blood sequences as well that are kind of like, uh, yeah. I really, lean, I'm not looking forward lean, to this. They lean into the sound effects for them, too. There's lots of like, yeah. like when someone gets stabbed. So they they want it to be brutal. Yeah. Um, but that guy who plays Robin, I don't know his name at the top Brent of my head. Brent but they did. They do a couple like camera angles and shots where I'm just like, "Is this an episode of Riverdale? This kind of looks like Archie." So I don't know if maybe uh, uh, if the ladies out there are looking forward to probably a, um, an oblig- obligatory like shirtless scene. But I feel like we're going to be getting one of those from this kid. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Raven has some sort of demonic things going on, and we're going to see some you know TV transformations into demon world and stuff like that. It looks like so. Uh, we got a lot of questions, but we got our we got our a lot of a lot of trailer here to to absorb. The other thing, as we watch here at the start of the show, is the Young Justice footage from season three, Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're going to see in this footage, the first two almost three minutes, is season two, um, I guess, coverage, like getting you up to speed, and then it starts here. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you've seen all of Young Justice, so yeah, none of that after minute three was old stuff, right? Uh, I I can't re- I can't 100% recall because they've removed all the stuff from streaming services and I wanted to rewatch it but from what I saw it did look like all new footage so looks like we're getting more uh young justice looks like the band is getting back together for one last kind of job as they say and then they're going to like disembark after that um until I'm another cu- job comes along yeah I'm curious if this is going to go darker I'm sure somebody out there has said it but since it's on a streaming service and it's not going to be on like I think maybe the other ones were on Cartoon Network, possibly back in the day. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do with this. You know, I, lo- I love my animation, and DC knows how to do their animated heroes. They mm. they have a decent track record for that. Yeah, it looked fun. It looked like there were some interesting things. I saw a lot of a lot of other characters. I saw Lobo, Shazam, The Flash, like bigger characters pop up as well. So it's not looks like it's going to focus on more than just uh, the younger characters as well. The, the bigger ones will show up as well. So that's really cool. Um, the TV show Stargirl was announced this this weekend as well. I I don't know who Stargirl is. I br- I briefly looked her up. Um, for some reason, I feel like she she cropped up in maybe a, an episode or a seasons of Legends of Tomorrow, but I'm not too sure. I'm not familiar with the character that much. But 
you know, you at, at a, a cursory look, it kind of looks like the female Captain America, kind of star-spangled. Uh, yeah, I so. think she's part of, again, just here to say, um, this new DC Universe series reimagines Stargirl and the very first superhero team, the Justice Society of America, which I think was in Legends of yeah, Tomorrow. Yeah, they, they were. They were. Um, I don't know if any characters lingered over on the team, maybe after they went back to their normal time and someone said, oh, I'll go with you. But, yeah, I do remember, like, promos for that episode coming out so yeah and this is written by jeff johns and produced by him but also with greg berlanti of course so um this is going to be uh one of jeff johns new productions now that he's kind of stepped away from the the dc uh universe a little bit um so we've got uh star girl coming out also i guess in a bit of confusing news um swamp thing is not connected to these live action dc universe series as well it'll be more more of a standalone thing so I don't know what plans they have for any of these connecting or not. They're just putting out shows, Mike. So well, well, as as far as I'm concerned, uh, I don't believe them. Whenever they say it's not going to be connected, I mean, it seems like a, a thing where it's like we're going to focus on it being its own standalone story because if it needs to rely on these other characters, it's probably not good enough to be a standalone show to begin with. But I mean, they said the same thing about Supergirl, and that thing transcended networks to join up and like different universes within the lore of the shows in order to bring those characters together. So I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Swamp Thing like showed up in like Doom Patrol one day or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So at least as of right now, they've said it's not connected. We got a year. Swamp Thing's not coming out until 2019, so we got a little bit. Um, Batwoman, who was coming to Arrow, was it this year? Is that right? The, cr- the crossover, yeah, in the fall. Right. So, well, she's debuting in the CW shows, but she's now getting her own series at CW. If you're a B-list superhero, C-list superhero, you're getting your own show from Greg Berlanti. At CW Space, <laughs> I feel like they just need to rename the CW network to like the DC network because that is a huge lineup. I mean, are they going to cancel any shows? Because didn't they, at one point in time they say that they're they're never going to have more than X number of shows on their lineup? Was it five maybe? So maybe maybe like one show will take a hiatus and another one will come in like when Agent Carter kind of filled in for Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. but. I definitely can't keep up with all this stuff, Chris. I mean, I there's too much out there to watch, man. <laughs> well, if it's getting developed now, and the, I mean, I think this will be a filler because they need to have something year-round on the CW. Yeah, yeah maybe a summer show. Literally all their shows start and end at the same time. So mm-hmm. if you're watching all their shows, you got to find something else to do when they're out. So I can see Batwoman filling in for them in that. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I think, is very cost-intensive, so they may use it to, to keep those tighter on schedule, like... Here's some of this. It goes away. Here's Batgirl or Batwoman to fill in, I guess. Um, I don't know, but Batwoman, after her debut, will be getting her own series. So hey, um, look, look, look forward that. to that. I'm excited to see what the costume's going to look like. I'm always looking forward to costume reveals. There are trailers for every one of the CW shows out of this convention, but there's just so much to watch. We didn't. I'm not including them in our notes, but you can go YouTube them if you want to. Mm. Um, they are all out there, like all five shows, like. Every one of them got a trailer teasing the next season. I'm like, nope, that's yeah, a lot and, to and, watch. And also, all of those shows aren't terribly far into production. I think they've only maybe filmed maybe two episodes. So anything that you're going to get is going to be from like the season premiere. So Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, a show we're not watching, but I hear is really, really good. It's Krypton, Mike. I hate to say that, but <laughs> they keep doing it. And to, to make 
our interest even higher. They're making Lobo the big bad for season two Whoa, officially. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. I mean, I'm I don't know if I'm necessarily coming around to this show where I'm eventually going to watch it, but I wanted to give kind of props to Sci-Fi as a network. We're going to talk about one of their shows a little bit later mm-hmm. in the in the pod too, but they they had a really strong presence at Comic-Con, not just showing up with shows, but they pour a lot of basically free entertainment into the convention. Like if you're downtown even without a badge, they had like a karaoke bus going around. They had a bingo trolley. They're handing like out totes and bags they wrapped one of the trains that goes by the convention center with a deadly class like a uh, rapper or maybe it was one of the buses or something like that so they really go in, sh- in full force so they're really leaning into like this rebrand over at sci-fi so um lobo's, a, lobo's big i mean we watch a lot of sci-fi i don't know if it's a rebrand but they are getting a lot of they're getting a lot of good stuff they, they're getting harry potter from hbo so if you want to watch harry potter on tv you have to go to sci-fi now uh, Futurama, um, all this other stuff. I mean, I be, I watched Ghost Rider two on there today, and like um, while I was eating lunch. So yeah, I don't know if that's a if that's a good that, thing to that, bring up. For that them. movie is a lot more fun than I remember <laughs> being because it, back around to it, huh? it doesn't it doesn't take a well. I, I had a good time the first time. The first one's awful. The second one's fun. But mm-hmm. then Iron Man was on uh, actually right before I came down here on Sci Fi. So like they're, oh. they're up in their superhero presence. So, uh, speaking of DC, the cinematic universe we have, we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? The MCU is what we've been calling it. Mm-hmm. DC, we've been calling the DCEU, the Extended Universe. Uh-huh. Now they have a kind of an official name for it called Worlds of DC. That's kind of what they're going with for all their productions coming out of their movies now, Mike. Worlds of DC. That sounds like uh, a vague way to say... Um, we can make Joker movies now that don't deal with any of these other movies because it's the worlds of DC. Imagine all of the worlds you could visit that don't interconnect. As, Remember? As, <laughs> as long as they're good movies, Mike, I don't care if they connect or not. I, I mean, We just need to see something good out of DC. And I think one of the first good steps in that direction, other than Wonder Woman, is Aquaman. And we got our first trailer this week, man, Mike. This trailer was weird. <laughs> I had a good time. I, I mean, I was actually like, I'm like, all right, Jason Momoa's having a good time. He's on this big adventure. They're jumping out of airplanes. They're going underwater. There's a lot going on in this. They don't do the air bubbles. We talked about this. How are they going to do underwater movies without the air bubbles, right? Yeah. I was uh, I was on board with this. I'm like, they're just underwater talking. Totally yeah. fine. Yeah. They're just underwater talking, but their hair just kind of like gradually kind of like moves in the waves. It was kind of, I'm not saying any of it's bad. I'm just saying it's weird because it's like this weird atmosphere that you kind of got to get used to. Uh, maybe by the maybe by the second act of the movie when you're in the theater, you'll be totally warmed up to it. But I was just like, okay, this is this seems kind of okay. This is different. This is rubbing me a different way. Uh, but I was just looking to see uh, Black Manta in his armor at some point in time, and he was, and he shot giant laser beams out of his helmet <laughs> and destroyed a like a castle or a building or something. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, I, they started the trailer, I think, very poorly, though. They basically reinterpreted the scene from their first Harry Potter movie where Jason Momoa was talking to a shark instead of Harry talking to a snake. Mm-hmm. I hope that flashback or the part where he's a child is extraordinarily minimal because the, I, when I clicked play on that trailer, I was just like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm not liking any of that I've seen, but like once it gets crazy, it's just – it looks like a summer blockbuster which is going to be crazy to see at the end of the year. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the next trailer and maybe to kind of tie things down a little bit, get a little bit of a, 
a closer look at everything. But um, hey, Jason Momoa said my man to me on a sidewalk, so I got to go see his movie now. That's like a contract. That's like a verbal contract. No, well, I mean, there was. I have a little bit of doubt about this movie, but this kind of quelled that. I'm like, okay, it looks like a competent film. It's not dark and dreary. I, I don't feel like we're going to get dragged through the mud like Justice League and, and Batman v Superman. I think they're they're on their up and up. Yeah, it may be a little weird, but we've got to ease into their world, and I think they will ease us into it. I like the look at the trench, which are those big um, like piranha-looking creatures that they're at the end whenever they're chasing them with that flare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see him grow up and like learn his... Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see Aquaman and all this, and, and I just... There's a lot of questions still left, but from what I saw, I'm like, this is a hell of a ride. This is a hell of an adventure we're going to be getting into, and there's going to be action, and it's just going to be the, the I guess, what, what am I looking for? The um, contagiousness of Jason Momoa in acting is just there. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely optimistic, but yeah. uh, I wouldn't go out and place any bets on this movie. Like, if you got some sort of, like, uh, uh, pit boss or, like, uh, what do they call those, bookies? If you got a bookie out there that lets you place bets on DC movies, like, I'd be like, yeah, maybe slowly roll here, okay. <laughs> like, what better, I mean, and we're not placing bets on anything, I'm just saying, like, from the trailer, I feel way better about this movie than when they said, hey, we're doing Aquaman two years ago, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess oh shit. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, he even looks better than he did in Justice League. I mean, it'll be fun. But the trailer I didn't think we were going to get, we got a whole two, two and a half minute trailer from Shazam, Mike, out of Ooh. nowhere. I think this is my favorite thing we're going to be probably talking about the entire show today. Uh, so this was fun. I was not expecting this. And this whole trailer paints a scenario that I think every little kid daydreams about. Whereas like, oh, just one day I'll leave school and I'll just turn into a superhero and I'll come back and I'll just beat up bad guys. I'll beat up the bullies. I'll throw people out of windows and I'll like eat a bunch of snacks with my best friend and I'll be like a superhero. Uh, and that's exactly what this felt like to me. Like, uh, it was really fun. Uh, Zachary Levi is doing a very good job playing a, playing a child with a childlike sensibility. Um, even the, even the kid that plays Billy Batson seems to be like a kind of like a, a snarky little kid that, uh, I think we'll have a fun time watching him. I, but I think I enjoy, like, I, I'm going to just go into, I hate his suit. He, it looks padded. Like no matter what angle it was at, his suit looks like Zachary Levi's like it's fully padded. Uh-huh. And I don't think they needed to do that. Like, he didn't need to look that big in, mm-hmm. in it. Like, he could have just been Zachary Levi working out. It would have been fine. Because it, it doesn't look too real to me. But it's not taking me out of it as much as I, you know, at the end of the day. Because I, I really love the, the, the handicapped kid. He's like, the, these these parents are awful. They, they seem nice at first. He's like, I'm just messing with you. Because uh-huh. I, I love that scene. I love... Well, what do you say? It, it's fun. It, I think it's even more fun than Aquaman because I think well, the stakes are less. Yeah, and it has the it has the freedom to be fun because all of our other superhero movies they're all adults. They all have adult sensibilities mm-hmm. that have to deal with like real world ramifications. But uh, this is just a kid, so it's easier to just kind of imagine him just going around and acting like a goofball because he's just he's just a boy. But also, we got confirmation this does exist in the worlds of DC, the, the connected universe, because he has the Batarang, um, the newspapers are like Superman Returns from uh, Justice League, so uh-huh. uh, this is going to exist in that world where all these superheroes already do exist, so maybe if they get around to another Justice League or something like that, maybe he'll be 
you know, part of that, that team well, up. Yeah, I mean, how on earth do you make a Shazam movie and at some point you don't have him meet Superman? I mean, that yeah. would just be a crime. I mean, that's, that's, dialing the, that's dialing all of our progress that we've made with these cinematic universes back. Because imagine if they made, like, a Shazam movie, like, back in the early 2000s or, like, maybe, like, 90s. Uh, you would just be crossing your fingers at some point in time. Superman's going to show up in your movie, but you don't have access to the internet. You can't Google this stuff, and then you're just like, three Shazam movies later, we didn't see a peep of Superman, and that was a shame. So that's why I like the world we live in now because it's a possibility. I, am, happen. I imagine him more in a Justice League sequel being the Peter Parker kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Batman's oh, yeah. like, yeah. I got a kid, and they're like, why are you bringing a kid to a fight against, you know, Darkseid? And they're like, mm. hold on a second. Bingo! This is he uses his power, so I, I imagine him being that Spider-Man kid sensibility character in, in the mm. team. Of, and I, I'm I'm excited we're able to talk about this, Mike. I haven't wanted to talk about Justice League two in a very long time, and now <laughs> yeah, look at exactly. this. I'm like, oh, okay, we can see where this is going. So that mm. that's that's fun. Uh, another movie, Wonder Woman eighty four, showed some footage. They didn't release it yet because this movie's still filming. It's very early in filming, mm. but we did get a leak that was filmed on a very poor quality phone. I sent Mike that yeah. has been taken down from the internet. Yeah, if you want to look, you're gonna have to reach out to to Chris. I don't know how he's gonna send it to you legally. Uh, I don't think we're gonna put it up on any website, uh, but he might be able to like send it to you through a back channel. Either way, uh, it shows Wonder Woman running through a mall, two criminals lassoed of truth. And then she jumps down like several floors in the mall while still hanging on to these bad guys. So I don't know what's going on, but it is a wild ride for that one scene. Yeah, it's going to be fun seeing it happen in an 80s mall, too. There's just going to be like um, big giant sunglasses and like uh, big hair just going all over the place. Oh, yeah. And um, they, uh, Patty Jenkins, director, said this is, I guess, cryptically? I don't, I don't know. She said this is not a sequel and it's standalone in nature. Uh, what does that mean? I don't yeah, what, I mean, I don't think anybody assumed it was going to be, like, uh, picking up exactly where we left off since that movie Wonder Woman 1 happened in, what, the 30s, right? Uh, the late like 10s or 20s. It was World War One. Yeah, World War One. So it's just like, hey, we weren't expect. We knew the movie was going to be in the '80s, Patty. We weren't expecting it, and also you got Chris Pine in it. So yeah, it's a sequel. Like I don't understand what you're talking but, but about. But we here. have Chris Pine in it. So how is it a sequel if he died? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of questions in this statement. I'm like, what is going on, Pat? We trust you, but what are you saying here? Yeah, and also she doesn't have to worry about referencing Justice League because it hasn't happened in this timeline yeah. yet. So I, yeah, I don't know what she's talking about. I mean, maybe there's some something to be revealed later, and she just like, I, I, this is all I can say. Stop asking me questions. So we're gonna see where that goes. So Wonder Woman eighty four. If you want that footage, let me know. I will try to get it to you. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, Joker movie is, is officially confirmed. This is not a joke anymore. We cannot... The joke about the Joker movie, I didn't realize what I just did there. Um, Joaquin Phoenix will play a character called Arthur Fleck, who is the Joker, and possibly a bastard son of Thomas Wayne, according to rumors. Oh, okay. <laughs> because Arthur Fleck's mom used to be a model, and then she... Um, I don't know what the, how these... These are all rumors, but like... He may be the son of Thomas Wayne if they had an affair beforehand, which would be an interesting dynamic take on the Joker-Batman relationship. Yeah. Or maybe yes. it didn't actually happen, but the character thinks it did, so yeah. it just drives him mad. There's a lot of questions to be had in here. Uh, and then the actress, Zazie Beetz, we know from Deadpool 2, um, who played Domino, is in talk to play the love interest right now. 
They didn't really give a whole lot of information, but the Arthur Fleck thing was an interesting uh, name for the Joker because we're not used to have the Joker having much of a name. So, yeah, well, uh, I don't know how I feel about this, Chris. <laughs> Look, at you, every movie from DC is making you feel better so far, so we're just gonna Let's, keep going. Hopefully, this is good. Keep, the, go, trend, keep go, the trend going. Gotta look good. Uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, I think, is out this coming Friday, Mike, actually, uh, if you didn't know that. Um, and actually, it's Stan Lee's first DC cameo in this movie. Did you know that? Did you know I Stan didn't Lee's know name? that. I didn't know that. Uh, I, I think that's uh, funny. <laughs> I don't know any details. I didn't want to look up the details because I'm going to go see this movie. I'm really excited to watch it, but I didn't want to tell anyone what his role was, but Stanley's going to be in it. So be listening to out for Stanley. You think he'll say Excelsior or something like that, or I, I or maybe he'll he'll about he'll he'll be close to saying it, or maybe he'll be close to saying like Captain America's name, and then he'll get like cut off by something that'd be pretty funny. But I, I have a, a little bit of insider um, insider news uh, from Comic Con about Teen Titans. Uh, nothing that's not already out there. But when I was at that Cartoon Network panel about show creators. Um, they had this little teaser trailer of Cartoon Network's going to do this big, like, 15-minute uh, episode of a crossover where they're going to have the show of OKKO, OK Steven Universe, Ben 10, and Teen Titans are all going to be in the same show together. So I guess if you're a big Teen Titans Go fan and these other shows, they're all going to team up in an episode somehow and probably fight a bunch of people. So uh, A 15-minute guess- episode? Yeah, so I guess Teen Titans, uh, they're crossing over. They're going all over the place. Uh, are you are you interested in the Rotten Tomatoes score of Teen Titans Go to the Movies yet, Mike, or do you want to hold off? Uh, hold off. Hold off on that. Okay, cool. Awesome. I mean, it's also the same weekend as Mission Impossible Fallout. I'm looking forward to a couple movies this weekend to just get out of my house in case a tree falls over on me. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep you alive, Chris. Yeah, we got to keep, keep it safe. Um, Deadpool 2, uh, the Super Duper Cut, was officially unveiled uh, this weekend, and there's a weird trailer for this. Movie. <laughs> That's an understatement. That's an understatement, Chris. Uh, so he's got these mechanical puppets, his Super Duper band, and you said you saw these puppets at Comic Con. They were yeah. there. They had a whole standee. You walk by, and it just looks like a slice. Someone took a slice out of a Chuck E. Cheese and put it on the on the floor. It just looks so weird, and they're kind of purposely look janky, just like they do in this trailer, where they're just kind of moving around and like they're just there's like a song playing. I'm just like, what am I even? What am I even watching? It was hilarious though. So yeah, so uh, Deadpool two, the, the trailer it's included on the home release. I, I think you can watch the regular version or the super duper cut. Uh, Omega Red, I did not know was in this, is in the movie, and he was cut from the movie. So we get oh. actually get to see the screen version of Omega Red. Oh, and, I bet he was probably in the jail, one of the jail cells or something. I think so, or he was on the um, yeah, on the the convoy or something like that. Yeah, he's when there's a big congregation of mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there there's the potential for Hugh Jackman to join X Force in this cut. What? Because <laughs> the end scene uh, where he talks to. Uh, Wolverine from the uh, Origins movie, where he goes back uh-huh. and the Origins. He tells her, like, hey, uh, if I come and ask you to join my team in a couple years, just say yes. Kind of <laughs> thing. They've added that into there. So, um, we've got some news about this later that may actually make this come true, Mike. So, we'll, 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 we'll hold off on that. I'll tell you why later. 
Okay, I mean, was this this did this come out of the Deadpool two Hall H panel? Because we talked about this like maybe a week or two ago, and we were kind of confused why like a movie that was already released would have a panel. Yes, was there there no like X uh, Deadpool three or X Force news or not a word? And I and no. I will I will probably I will tell you why that is here in a minute as well. All right, cool. All right, so just a super duper cut. They brought all the people out. They showed a lot of the cut footage, and then they actually got to watch the super duper cut as well during that panel. So it was a big deal for that. You went to the Iron Fist panel, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, I went to the Iron Fist panel. Begrudgingly. Mike's, Begrudgingly. <laughs> Mike's least favorite show of the Netflix series right now. Yeah. Um, from what you saw, do you feel better, worse, or the same about season two than you did season one? I feel better, but I mean, the only way we have to go is up. So I feel like that's not saying much. So they did bring out on stage a new showrunner. I don't remember the guy's name, uh, but that's always good. I, I don't think he, I don't quite remember the, the credentials or credits that he has, but as long as it's not um, whatever that guy's name was. That Scott also, Buck. Yeah, as long as it wasn't the guy that butchered in Humans and Dexter. I'm okay with that, so that's a good plus. Uh, they brought out a new stunt choreographer, which I thought was a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have so many people up there on the panel uh, that you bring out your stunt choreographer. I was like, okay, well, that's good. That means they're really leaning into that. Maybe that's their kind of coy way of saying, hey, we heard you didn't like the last season, so we're fixing one crucial issue, which is the fighting with the new choreographer. So, you know, that made me feel good. Um, they brought out the actress who plays Misty Knight because after we saw a couple clips, Misty Knight is in this show and it seems to be possibly more than one episode. So I don't know if she's going to be a recurring character or just in a small arc of it, but she's in it and she's palling around with Colleen Wing and it seems pretty cool. So out of all of the clips that I saw, I liked what I saw when Finn Jones wasn't in there. Um, Colleen Wing was doing some cool fighting, um, uh, even, um... Uh, Misty Knight was. Uh, we get to see uh, Davos pop back up, yep. and uh, in that scene, we get to see the iconic uh, Iron F- Iron Fist masks and uh, in, in Kun Lun. Yes, so we do have an image from this, a leaked image of uh, Davos in one of the Iron Fist masks, the Kun Lun mask, and then on in that same shot, um, Danny is in the same mask, right? He's he's also yes, in it as well. They- they are fighting kind of uh, what Michael Jackson bad style where they tie like two ribbons between their hands. But instead of like having knives and trying to stab each other, they have like a fists of fury, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this scene's pretty crazy. We got to see it almost in its entirety where this is the fight between uh, Davos and uh, Danny to see who will have the right to fight the dragon. And it uh, it's kind of filmed and portrayed as a fight that lasts, like, literally hours. At the end of the fight, they are just uh, run ragged, and they can barely stand. And uh, there's some trickery mm-hmm. that's done to win the fight. So uh, it looks it looks like we might be seeing a little bit more of Kun Lun, is what they were saying up there on stage. Okay, that's cool. Um, also, the confirmation, Alice Eve, you may remember from Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, will be playing the... Normal daredevil villain Typhoid Mary in this one as well. This this was a weird moment because uh, Jeff Loeb is up there on on um, on stage, and I think he underestimated uh, how much the audience already knew. Like, yeah, it's a Comic Con audience, um, but they're not all like uh, IMDb crawlers and uh, like. A Hollywood journalist out there so he was like okay I know all of you out there know that Alice Eve is going to be in this show right 
And then he's like, uh, well, let's bring her out. And then she comes out, and not everybody's really sure who Alice Eve is at first. They just kind of look at her. You know, they applaud because someone came out, but everyone's just kind of like, huh? Who is this? And then maybe after they look at her for a couple minutes, they go like, oh, isn't that that chick from, like, that Star Trek movie or something? So it took a little while for the audience to understand, and it was kind of awkward because Alice Eve is, like, a movie star, and, like, you know, she's doing this television show for Netflix, and I think maybe she expected a little bit more reaction from the audience. So that was a little weird. But then they they showed her a clip of her fighting as, like, Typhoid Mary. But still, like, I'm, you know, I'm no, like, Marvel deep-cut comic book guy, uh, I didn't know who Typhoid Mary was. I'm familiar with the, the the real world person, so I'm assuming the comic book adapted this real life person of Typhoid Mary. So uh, it it seemed like she was she was fighting Calling Wing in like a condo or something like that. So that's about all we got from Typhoid Mary, though. But she has her two machetes, and she takes on Colleen and Misty and almost and pretty much beats them. With yeah, she, her she, she's she a is. Bad she She's a skilled fighter. Um, yeah. I, I didn't see anything special about the machetes, so I don't know if they're supposed to be dolled up or they're, they're, they're iconic. Of, yeah, so uh, I, I think I saw one machete, so I don't know if she was pocketing the other one or we're going to see it later. But yeah, she's throwing some machetes around. But um, yeah, it's hard to be hyped for Iron Fist because they 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 done did me wrong, Chris. Yeah. Well, and, and that's okay. So just Typhoid Mary in the comics isn't based on the real person. Um, so She's a name named Mary Walker, and she's got split personalities. So when she's, like, regular, she's, like, normal, ordinary civilian. But her Typhoid Mary persona is, like, a super-powered killer. So um, that, that's kind of where she is. So she's normally a Daredevil villain, So um, and she, she keeps those machetes on her, is what I remember from the comic books. So... Um, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I think she might've been in the live action Electra movie from Oh <laughs> five. Yeah. But, that seems like a place she might show up. Yeah. And, and we all forget that movie. We all forget that <laughs> never happened. There's that. But I think the biggest reveal is this show is coming out September 7th, Mike. Like this show is around the corner. I was pegging November, but they are releasing Iron Fist season two, September 7th. I think that is way earlier than I expected. Yeah. I don't know about you. When the panel started, they did kind of like a super mashup cut of all of the the uh, Netflix shows up there, and uh, the audience reaction was pretty fierce when we got to see uh, Punisher. So I know a couple weeks ago on the show, we kind of talked about the critical reviews for Punisher and how we were surprised that they were as low as they were, but I can tell you, the audience there, uh, they were really digging those clips of Punisher, so I'm, I'm hoping he comes back soon. I want to see more... Uh, I want to see more of John Bernthal. That show came out, I think, what, November last year? So mm-hmm. that one year? One year would be okay for that. Yeah, I could see them. Yeah, maybe November, December. But I think that's also the same day. Um, is that the same day Spider-Man comes out on PlayStation? I think so. We'll talk uh, about think, that in a minute. Yeah, it's soon, yeah. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you didn't get to go to that panel this year, did you? I don't. I didn't know there was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. Yes. So Marvel TV was, was there. I didn't know when theirs was. But at their panel, they did announce uh, Jeff Ward, who plays the character Deke from the future in the mm-hmm. show will be a season regular in this upcoming season I, six next summer. I, I liked him. He was cool. Yeah. The show kind of ended and it didn't show where he went. So we, everyone was kind of interested yeah. if he'd lived or phased yeah. out of. Yeah. You know. I liked his fish out of water personality of a dude from a dystopian future is now like on a normal planet and he can just like go eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed those scenes. Yeah. He, he was really kind of a refreshing bit on the seriousness in there. Mm-hmm. And then a Clark Gregg, they, he wasn't there and they don't know if he's like, they haven't announced if he's going to be in the show as agent uh-huh. Coulson. 
but he's going to direct the season six premiere episode, so he will oh. be. Well, so, I think I think he he, he he's gotta given. still be in it. He's it's gotta, a given. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to watch Agents of Shield without Clark Gregg. I think I can I can definitively say I th- that. I now. think Avengers four is gonna fix him right up. So we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, although I've not watched it because it's still on, it's still ongoing right now. Um, they have a season two renewal uh, confirmed for Freeform. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep hearing really good things about Cloak and Dagger. I see that uh, pop up on torrent sites a lot, Mike. Actually, a lot of people are downloading the show. Uh, well, who, I, who don't I get can't, freeform. I can't say much about it from Comic Con, but a um, uh, uh, friend of the show, Quentin, and his fiance did go to that panel, even without ever seeing any episodes of Cloak and Dagger. I think they were just kind of curious, and it piqued their interest. And they really dug the panel without even ever seeing the show at all. So uh, that's got to be a pretty good sign, right? That uh, you can yeah. go to a panel and have a good time without seeing a single episode. Yeah, I think they also did a Runaways panel. X-Men Gifted had some stuff. But since we've not watched that, I didn't want to talk ignorantly about what's coming up with those shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we do have a show that I think a lot of people are excited for. You you haven't watched a lot of this, I think, or any of this, have you? Uh, you have to explain it to me. I've only ever see, seen the two-dimensional Clone Wars, Chris, not the three-dimensional Clone Wars. Yes, so Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the three-dimensional show started, I think, in 08. It had a really bad, like, movie to kick it off. It was a show meant for kids to start off and then got really adult very quickly. Um, The sixth season was on Netflix uh, after Cartoon Network kind of uh, ended it whenever Star Wars was bought, I think, by Disney. They kind of, like, we need to wrap this up to do Rebels. Um, they are returning to the Clone Wars. They are going backwards after Rebels has wrapped up, and to finish the war because they said the war this war is you know unfinished until now. Uh, we've got to see. Um, it started off kind of somber because they are the helmets of all these clone troopers you see over the multiple episodes, and you kind of grow with, and you see how they have different personalities. And then they blew them up. And they blew them <laughs> up because everyone's gonna have to be gone by the end of this the series, Mike. Like that's how. That's how the next movie, like, was it, the Order 66 kicks off in uh, mm. episode three. But uh, we get to see Anakin and his some some of his clone buddies there, the, the commanders, taking off to go fight this war. And then at the end of, you know, the last run of the show, um, the character Ahsoka, uh, which I, I'm sure you've, you've seen Ahsoka before, you're not mm-hmm. too strange, has left the Jedi Order to go do her own thing. Um, and uh, she she does show up in Rebels as well. But she's back in this. She's coming back to see her old master and, and work with the Jedi, it looks like, to take out somebody or something. I, I don't know. So, Chris, I have two questions for you about this. Lay, lay it on me here. So first of all, where are people going to be able to watch this? Is this coming back to Cartoon Network? Is it going to be on the Disney streaming service? What's the deal here? Uh, I'm pretty sure it will be on maybe Cartoon Network. I really don't know. That's a good question. They didn't give us any of that information. They didn't even say yeah. a window on, when, on its return. It's just that just, the show was quote-unquote saved yeah because they made a point to say at the end with the hashtag like clone war saved that kind of makes me think of like oh how the dc universe app kind of saved young justice and brought it back so i wouldn't be surprised if maybe this showed up on the disney streaming service which is supposed to be pseudo family friendly you know this show seems to be you know not too mature still kind of for kids but yeah. kind of that middling age range so i could see that on the disney streaming service um, it, it looks uh, like uh, just a quick search disney streaming service is what it's showing up under okay and second question is it says we get to see how it ends 
ends. Does that mean this this show is going to end like super sad with like all of the heroes dying at the end of the season or something? Well, or the series? So, some of them have to go into um, the uh, was it Revenge of the Sith? So mm-hmm. I think this will end. However, they how many seasons they want to do this? It's showing twelve episode season right now, season seven, um, and it would be um, I don't know I. It, I think it'll back into Revenge of the Sith, but I think you know a lot of these characters probably won't make it out. But because they did Rebels already, we know who's going to live into Star Wars Rebels. So it just sounds it all sounds very somber. <laughs> it is a this show is very much somber. The first the movie, the film is childish and lighthearted, and it was it's kind of hard to stomach through sometimes, <laughs> but. As it goes along, it just it gets more and more like, okay, we're getting closer. Some of these clones have Order 66 built in, but they're going haywire. What I really love about this show is there are all these clones in everything, right? Mm-hmm. They have one man voicing all the clones because oh. it's the same person. Like the, the clones are the same person. Yeah, so that makes he has sense. to build all these characters with different personalities and, and how kind of how they talk. Um, if you're, if you, I mean, how much do you like Star Wars, like the world of Star Wars at large, Mike? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? The, the, Who doesn't? Well, then you're going to love this. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it deals with a lot of characters you, you know, you only kind of got tips on like a little bit of the in the movies. Um, one of my favorite characters, um, is, is Kit Fisto? Are you familiar with him, the the aquatic guy with the the tentacles? He like goes in the water. Yeah, a little bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like a two D episode kind of dedicated to yeah. him, where he's fighting underwater. Phil Lamar it voices him, and he has several episodes in like on his world, like dealing with like the you know the Republic versus the uh, I forget who they're fighting, uh, the battle droids kind of thing going in there. Um, it, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to love about this show, and like kind of dealing with the return of Darth Maul. I don't know if you knew Darth Maul was still alive, Mike, but he comes back and all these other villains. So- Chris, I know Darth Maul is still alive Okay, because of a movie, uh, and I won't go any further into that. In case oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. not caught up. <laughs> that's right. So either way, I mean, I would lo- I would recommend this to anyone. Uh, the first five seasons, again, were on Cartoon Network. There's a lot of them. I- this was a show that came out on Friday nights. I would go watch every Friday night in college, Mike, when I was – when I was still there because it was that good. And um, season six came out on Netflix in, tw- in 2014. So it's been, you know, five years since we've gone back to it. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And uh, I'm, I don't like rebels. So like, this is, this is exciting for go. me. Just for Chris, just for me. It's I, I did it. I saved it all on my own. So if you like Clone <laughs> Wars, it's coming back. Um, other shows that may be on the Disney streaming service now include shows that from Fox, Mike, because Comcast is backing out of his bid against, Disney to buy Fox. So surprise, surprise! Let the mega corporation ensue, like Voltron. Yes, like Voltron. What? Okay. Um. Anyway, um. This so with Disney kind of not having any competition to buy this, they've kind of gotten most of the regulatory approvals. Um. The end of this month, all the voting was pushed back to the end of this month. So like, I think it's this week now, like the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. They'll vote for sure. That means anything Deadpool 3 related would be produced by Disney rather than Fox going forward. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why we didn't have any Deadpool 3 news yet oh, until this is finalized. Okay, I gotcha. Um, but since that was a Disney-owned slot, Deadpool 2 taking it could make sense coming up You know, in a week or so. 
Um, that's that's kind of what I was leaning into there. And then, um, you know, I'm just there's a lot to be, I guess, taken from this as we go forward. And and I'm really excited to see where it all goes. But um, this is so now that like New Mutants, and we know New Mutants is on the, the on the chopping not chopping block. They're on the editing block right now, being reassembled. Yes. Uh, it, from what we've seen with the trailers, it seems like a pretty self-contained movie that kind of takes place in one compound. Uh, even the technology inside of it, we can't really place a date around it. We're not really sure what's happening there. I feel like they could almost maybe kind of Cloverfield style that movie if they wanted to possibly save those actors and maybe they could incorporate it into the MCU with just some clever editing and just keeping it really self-contained. Like maybe um, all of these characters are like our mutants, but they're all brand new mutants from some sort of weird catastrophe that happened to the planet, you know? Well, they are doing reshoots to add another character and, and some other stuff to that movie, so... They're also adding reshoots to Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I, Dark Are Phoenix both of is these... a, 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 Dark's Phoenix would be unsavable. There's no way to loop that well, back well, into it. I'm, I'm not saying loop it back in, but remember, my, my theory is, what if they use New Mutants to end the mutants in the X-Men universe, bring it full circle back to the first movie, and keep that all contained, you know? Yeah, I like your idea of, of a Dark Phoenix kind of uh, going into the first X-Men movie. But, you know, New Mutants seems weird enough and different enough with an all-new cast. And we haven't seen any references within that one trailer to the previous X-Men movies, I don't believe. Right. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. But if they're resh- they have a whole year and several months. And it's next August when New Mutants comes out. Mm-hmm. If they get the go-ahead this week, they could start planning those shoots to make this into a, a back-end Marvel movie within a year's time, easily. They could, <laughs> they, 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 they could film a whole movie if they wanted to. I, I like this idea uh, so much of where uh, inside of a dark editing room for New Mutants, there's just some guys just toiling away trying to get this movie to work, and the second the last signature is signed on that deal, Kevin Feige just busts open the door to the editing room, and he just, like, sends in, like, a swarm of, like, these, uh, like, these marveled, embroidered, um, like, guards, and he just, like, seizes all of it, and he's just like, let's fix it up, boys, it's mine now. So, yeah, maybe that'll work. You know, Cloverfield has done it in ways maybe Marvel can. Well, there's nothing saying, you know, like, they could do it, they could not do it. Either way, either way, even if it's just a self-contained movie, we're we're still fine. So, um, speaking of Feige, did I tell you, I showed you, Feige has his own hat collection now. I did not know this. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I remember, I remember. So I got my Infinity Gauntlet hat, and I was like, oh, this is a great one-off thing for Infinity Gauntlet, right? Or the Infinity Mm -hmm. War. Like, this is for the movie, the production hat. Turn around, I'm in Chicago at the Disney store. They just released the next Kevin Feige hat collection, (laughs) the X-Con hats from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh my god, this is uh, this is hilarious. I like how, like, Kevin Feige's being positioned as, like, a hat designer now. It's so funny. He always wears hats, man. There's very rarely do you see him without a hat on. So I was, so he wore. I, I was like, I've not seen this hat. Whereas he wore it to the premiere of the movie, uh, and so they went to the back, and the guys brought me out one because uh, they had the sticker, but none of the boxes. And my wife caught it, and I was like, Well, I wasn't going to buy anything in the Disney store today, but looks like I have to now. <laughs> Pull out the credit cards, honey. Yeah. Pull out our <laughs> Disney all, credit card. I need to. I got to buy all of these hats and duplicate and yeah. shrink wrap all the other ones. No, no, up. I wear these hats. These hats are fine. <laughs> I don't need to. No one's going to care about a Kevin Feige collectible hat later on. Like, they had plenty of them. Uh, so, th- yeah, there's that. Um, 
speaking of Fox shows, which are interesting since The Gifted is on Fox and co-produced with Marvel, this could turn into a Marvel show if they wanted it to, Mike, on The Gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and this new season, season two, will introduce the characters the Morlocks. Do you remember the Morlocks from the animated series? Yeah, they were like the sewer, the sewer uh, mutants. <laughs> like the very, like when you think underground, like very much an underground level of mutants. Like I think even Futurama kind of based their mutants on these Morlocks. Like they yeah. live in the muck and the grime, and like they have to to stay, you know, keep alive. And I think Storm or Rogue was one of them, someone like that. But. Um, the character Blink will be part of the, uh, part of the Morlocks in this one, so uh, it looks like they're really starting to expand those mutant powers. Yeah, the Gifted uh, was a gigantic uh, kind of poster billboard on the side of one of the hotels in downtown San Diego, so you saw it like every time you walked outside. So uh, somebody put some marketing dollars into that next season for sure. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the movies lately? Have you seen the the trailer for a movie called The Darkest Minds? It's, it's these minds. kids with powers and they're all revolting because they're being put into prisons. I'm like, is oh, this not an yeah. X-Men movie, just not called X-Men? Oh, yeah, that was weird. I, I think I recall that from maybe a couple months back. And I, I was just like, is this based off like a dystopian novel or a book or something? And if it was, did no one double check to be like, this person just ripped off the X-Men? Well, yeah, the funny, really, it, really weird. It's Fox. So they can rip off the X-Men, <laughs> uh, but it's from the, uh, stranger things. Uh, one of the stranger things guys. Oh, so, one of the Duffer brothers. Yeah, I think so. So, um, I was, I saw this like twice and I'm like, how is this not the X? Is this like the gifted like movie version or something? Like, I, it was just way too close to home, man. I was muddy like, in the waters out there. I guess the Duffer Brothers just trying to cash a check. Fox is like, we got to use these kids with power things before we're before we're done here. Got to get them out quick. Uh, PS Spider Man PlayStation Four coming out in September. Mike, you have a PlayStation now, and you're excited to play this game. And we got a story trailer here that was yes, was pretty cool. I, I tried to play the game at Comic Con. But I don't know if you've experienced this before at C2E2, but, you know, when you're on the expo floor, there's lines for things, right? And if the line gets too long, you you literally can't even get into it. There's just a person back there that says line capped. And if you want to even possibly try to get in the line, you just have to awkwardly just kind of exist around the back of the line. And then once it moves up a little bit, you kind of just have to, like, uh, weave into the line somehow. So uh, the line wasn't very long. It didn't seem like, but I couldn't get into it, and I wanted to play it. But I did see some people over their shoulder playing it. It looked fun. But this story trailer looks cool. Uh, Spider-Man seems to be like a, a, a papa, a daddy uh, organizing uh, his, um, uh, let's see, Miles Morales, and was that Mary Jane? Yeah, it's Mary Jane, yeah. Which is weird, because she looks younger, but Peter looks older, so I don't know what's going on there. I think all, like the only shot I've seen of Peter, though, I, I didn't, I couldn't quite tell his age, but there's a lot of villains in this. Uh, this shows Silver Sable being a huge villain that I did not know about beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of looked like a soccer mom, which was strange. Like, if yeah. you if you do research on Google, like I've had to do before for our show notes when they were trying to make that movie, she kind of looked like a weird, like, white commando, like, with, like, uh, bandoliers and, like, uh, stuff around her head, like a, um, like she's a bandana not, and stuff. But she's not using any armor like all of her other mercenaries are. She's like, yeah, I'm just going into my, my regular work clothes today. Yeah, in this video, yeah, in this video game, she kind of just looks like a gray kind of detective or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But she got gu- she got guns. She looks like she's got some uh, some badass tendencies. Yeah, like you're gonna have to deal with her and her her goonies quite a bit. So they'll probably be the cannon fodder you deal a lot with in the game. 
Um, you saw um, Kingpin, Taskmaster, I heard, is going to be part of this movie. He's like one of the, the bosses that shows up quite a bit. So mm-hmm. um, really looking forward to Spider-Man. So if you want to check out the story, see what's going on, this is this where you check it. Into the Spider-Verse, we got some new Spider-People introduced. Uh, no footage, but uh, off the floor for us. But I did call it Spider-Ham is going to be in here. <laughs> yes, voiced by John Mulaney, too, yeah. which is great. Amazing stand-up comedian. Uh, go listen to all of his stand-up people out there. So I think that's hilarious that he's going to play Spider-Ham. Uh, isn't, didn't he do, like, a, he has a Netflix series, right, um, where he plays, like, an old Jewish guy? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, him and Nick Kroll. It's kind of this weird kind of filmed theater experience. So uh, It's really funny. I didn't think I'd like it, but a friend of the show, Brian Smith, showed me. I, I, I had a good time with it. So That um, Penny Parker, also known as SP slash slash DR, um, she's uh, from the, the, again, into the Spider-Verse uh, comic book. She pilots a, a mech that her parents made uh, for it, so... Um, it's very interesting. Spider SPDR, whatever it's called, is really cool looking mech that she pilots. Mm-hmm. So um, she's going to be in there. And then also, um, Marvel has officially changed Spider Gwen's name overall to Ghost Spider in all the the books and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense timing wise because that animated movie Marvel Rising with all of the characters in it, including Ghost Spider, was at yeah. Comic Con, so they probably wanted to put a stamp on the character. Spider Gwen, I like the way it kind of rolls off the tongue, but I guess yeah. it it doesn't. I mean, I guess it doesn't fit in with all the mold, but I wouldn't have mind if they left it as Spider Gwen. But also at the same time, that doesn't really help with secret identities. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I'm I'm Spider Parker. Like yeah. oh, you're Peter Parker then, right? So I yeah, guess Spider I, Peter. Yep. No, you're you're Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, damn it. I, I don't. I don't know if I dig the name Ghost Spider though. I feel like they're just using Ghost because she has a white suit. You know, I I would I would have liked to see the whiteboard of all the names that they tried to attempt to maybe if there was possibly a better one they left up there. But I, I guess I'm not too heavily invested in the name of Ghost Spider. So I, I'm not either. But I mean, I've just come accustomed to Spider Gwen. But also, I've also noticed all the Spider Man, Ultimate Spider Man, Miles Morales. They don't say Spider-Man, Miles Morales. They call him Kid Arachnid now in all like the the toys and stuff. Kid so, Arachnid? Ugh. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Because it's hard to say Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Like, how do you give him a name? So that's they went with Kid Arachnid and all. No. This no. Time. No. Yeah. He's just Spider-Man. He's just Spider-Man. Not the toys. Like not anymore. So Ugh, gross. Uh, there's that. Venom had a pretty strong presence here at, 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 at Comic-Con uh, this year. You didn't go to the Venom panel, did you? The Sony no, panel? That, that's, a, that's a Hall H line that I don't feel like camping in. Literally camping in. I saw the tents. So, I saw the tents. So they have one, we have one leaked image from this whole footage they showed here. And we get to see a look at Venom in his glory with his teeth and his white veins pumping all over him. I think this looks really cool for as, you know, as low quality as it is. Um, also reports of the footage, um, the trailer may drop this week that they saw. Like, so, I mean, it's coming okay. out in October, so we're, we're due for trailer, I guess two or three, but he, he's eating people, he's oh, turning yeah. his hands into blades and cutting people off, he's biting their faces, and there are multiple symbiotes in this Whoa, movie. Whoa, that sounds nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, when we saw the trailer, the last trailer, I mean, we kind of all signed off on like, yep, that looks like Venom, you did a good job. 
so uh, blade hands, I like hearing that because we know he's probably not going to be shooting webs, which he doesn't necessarily need to. Uh, blade hands sounds badass. Uh, yeah. Eats people. I really like that idea. Yeah. That's going to be really cool. <laughs> uh, multiple symbiotes, I guess. Um, was Carnage ever confirmed? Do we know if we're getting Carnage? They've not really confirmed it. He's like not one of them, but like there's one called uh, Riot and a couple other two, like a blue and a yellowish looking one that are in there. Carnage Chris, uh, will probably be the end credit scene. The the fact that this that Venom looks so good and the fact that they're describing like blade hands and eating people actually makes me nervous just because all of this sounds great and if they don't get the movie right I'm going to be really mad now because it's just like uh, I I had such low expectations for the longest time for this movie I said <laughs> we didn't need it but then they cast Tom Hardy and then they show us this awesome look of Venom and then they're telling me about he's eating people so it's just like you better live up to all this hype that you're making man a lot man. I mean I know again I know it's Comic-Con and I know a lot of people um are just hyped at Comic-Con but people are loving this. Like they love yeah. the footage, Mike, and I'm pretty yeah. sure we're gonna get it this week. The the hype is real. When I was in the Iron Fist panel and uh, Jeff Loeb was hyping up the audience, and they're like, "Are you excited for Iron Fist?" and everyone starts screaming, I literally looked behind my shoulder to look at these people. I was like, "Who? Who are you people? No one liked the show. Why are you screaming? It's just because you're in a, in a panel and you had to wait a while to get in here. Ma- so. Maybe it's one of their favorite characters, and they want a redemption story. I, I, would- I think. I think what happens is as soon as you walk into the convention center, they give uh, they give out patented uh, Chris Dillard rose colored glasses, yeah. and then you just like you're just in it all day. Look, look, I I'm not I don't think Iron Fist is good. I don't think Inhumans is good, and everyone knows how much I love those characters. So, mm. um, e- either way, um, the trailer again, the Venom Twitter said until next week. Dot 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 hashtag uh. Venom. So. I think I think we are I think we're gonna get something this week, so we'll see. And there's a new so- Twitter hashtag emoji. Oh, Perfect. it sounds like you people better subscribe to the Superhero Slate podcast so you, we can talk about it next week. Yeah, I'm really excited to see. I want to see the spider. I want to see the hands, man. I got to see the hands. Uh, anyway, uh, Fantastic Beast: Crimes of Grindelwald got a new trailer dropped right out of convention. Convention trailers are all the phase. We got three or four in a row here. Um, we are probably again not the best people to speak on it, but it looked fun. It looked interesting. I like I like seeing beasts this time in this trailer. More more new beasts. Yeah, there was fantastic. one that kind of had like curved out tusks that looked pretty uh, badass. Uh, there was a reference at the end of the trailer to a character. I think I was like, oh, I think my wife would know who this was. Nicholas we were, Flamel. Yeah, and then uh, you let me know. I was like, okay. I don't think she's watched the trailer yet. So maybe after I record this podcast, um, I'll go watch it with her. Can you record her reaction? Can you put a reaction trailer up for it? Oh, oh I would love God. to do that. I'm not putting my wife on the internet. Uh, that, that's your wives should not be on the internet. Uh, out there. I'm going to text I'm going to text her and ask her if she'll record her own reaction to the trailer <laughs> for us. So uh, but yeah, but yeah, we're not we're not experts. We'll ask our wives and we'll report back. Well, th- yeah, this is a good throwback to again the first uh movie uh the the philosopher's stone, the sorcerer's stone, which is um a, a reference to a stone that, that makes you live forever um an, an alchemist. Uh-huh. So uh that was really cool. Uh, the beasts were cool. Johnny Depp hamming it up. Apparently he came out on stage in his um outfit and character and played as a uh, Grindelwald at, at yeah. the panel. And then with juxtaposition of uh, his kind of personal life uh, out there on the internet. So uh, yeah, I, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more because I think uh, Johnny Depp is kind of butting up against the news of uh, James Gunn here in a little bit. So yeah, it was a, it was, it was a weird out there. It was a weird Twitter feed this weekend for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla, the sequel King of Monsters got a trailer here. That's Ooh. kind of, 
blowing my mind here. I'm really <laughs> they crank. I mean, I haven't seen Godzilla or King Kong yet. This is mainly geared towards uh, Godzilla. I haven't seen that one yet, uh, but I remember seeing the trailers and I remember people describing it and kind of saying how the monster fights were kind of lacking. If that is all true, they cranked this movie past 11 to probably uh, <laughs> a 45 and the earth is basically destroyed. There's monsters like coming out of chrysalis and like volcanoes and uh, 11 from Stranger Things is in it. Uh, it. It looks crazy. I mean, like they they hit the accelerator, they hit the NOS. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe this, but and then there's kind of like this orchestral kind of like hopeful music when you like see Godzilla unleashed and this looks nuts. I don't know how they're going to bring King Kong into this, but I got to catch up on these movies, man, or I'm going to be so far behind. So the first Godzilla dealt with new created characters for that first Godzilla movie, like characters mm-hmm. no one had ever seen or heard of before. King of Monsters is introducing us in this universe to Mothra, Rodan, mm-hmm. and King Ghidorah all at once. It's going to be a four-way fight in this thing. Um, King Ghidorah, I think, is the big bad. He's He was in this first movie he debuted in where... Mothra rode in and Godzilla had to team up to beat him down. So um, he's got three heads. He stands at like 600 feet tall, which is almost you know one and a half times Godzilla's height. So I'm really excited to see these large-scale creatures take, take the, battle in this. The lore seems interesting, too, because that's one thing that I sadly, maybe not sadly, don't think Pacific Rim's ever going to get around to, really, because I'm not sure they're ever going to get that third film. But in this movie, they're kind of explaining it almost like that old, that not old, I guess maybe it, it is slightly older now, but that movie Cabin in the Woods that was produced by Joss Whedon, where they kind of put lore behind all of these like horror monsters, and this is lore behind all of these giant creatures, and be like, hey, we got to bring these things back to save the Earth. So that is really piquing my interest, that they're kind mm-hmm. of reasoning while all these monsters are here. I mean, <laughs> not every, not, you can't just nuke an island and like turn a moth into a monster. Uh, that, there's only so many times that could possibly happen in a fictional world, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is going to be crazy, man. Yeah, and it's the last one before Godzilla versus King Kong, which will be the next movie in this. So. Oh, wow. So, um, I don't think you have to watch King Kong to understand this movie, but now before the, before the next one. Deadly Class is a TV series from sci-fi produced by the Russo brothers based on a graphic novel. And we got our convention trailer. I think this is the second footage we got to see here. Um, I got to say... Yeah, they ahead. won't let they won't let you forget that the Russo brothers made it because there's a big splash screen that takes up the entire sixteen by nine frame that's just like Russo brothers Infinity War Avengers watch this trailer watch this movie <laughs> we got Wong <laughs> from Doctor Strange and Infinity War in here to play a character yeah um, but I think one of the coolest things is they got this, this class this girl passes a note over to the main guy and he like whaps her in the nose and like everyone's shocked because their nose is broken and bloody. And she just, like, licks the blood off her fingers. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> These are going to be some uh, sassy sexual teenagers. So Who uh, kill people. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's not a lot to glean from this. I have the, some of the comics behind me. I just need to read them. Um, but sci-fi's up in their game, man. It looks good. I think I think I might, I might have to check this out when it lands on sci-fi. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll uh, maybe, maybe I'll get the season pass through Amazon because I don't have sci-fi. I'm, I'm not a cable man. Yeah, I'm not either, but I still got it. I stream it. Stream it all the time. Anyway, uh, Battle Angel Alita. I forgot the show. This movie was even coming out this year. Uh, <laughs> I think it got pushed back almost a whole year or something last time we talked about the mm. trailer. Uh, they redesigned Alita to have less anime eyes. Her eyes have scaled down in s- a little bit, if you haven't noticed here from this 
uh, figure, Mike. Have you? Had, I mean, you walked by this, you said. Yeah, I walked by it on the show floor. It is still weird in person, so you don't have to worry about whether if it was in real life, you'd still be uh, skeezed out because it is weird. Uh, there was also another um, figure, I guess not figure, life-size uh, rendering of her in like a glass box where her herself wasn't like all like exposed. There's maybe like some sort of purple suit on her or something. So I don't know what else, what uh, uh, mm-hmm. evolutions she's going to take in the movie. But yeah, I agree with your statement that I forgot this was going to be a movie also. <laughs> yeah. So Robert Rodriguez, um, I think is directing it and James Cameron's producing it coming out this December. They've toned her back, make her look a little more, I guess, real, but still in that uncanny valley. And, uh, <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that there's probably like an export setting in the checkbox for this movie where it's just all edited and they just like export and there's just like uh, this, this test screen you just watched that the eye still freaked him out. Like, all right, we'll go back into the settings and crank down the eyes another 10% until they don't hate it anymore. They've, so. got, they've got like a Skyrim <laughs> character creator with, with, yeah, with that, her built up in like eyes, like, yeah, which, that's which one's I'm acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like the white in like I guess uh, intricate designs on this one. It looks like more of a homemade suit rather than her actual like maybe a classic battle angel um, suit rather than a newer one. So you probably saw the newer one in the purple. Yeah, so, maybe. So yeah, she probably get a new body or something like that. Uh, also from the Sony panel, Zombieland Two is officially confirmed for October eleventh, twenty nineteen. Mike. Yeah, uh, I heard the original cast is all coming back. And they're everything. all coming back. Ten. It's almost been ten years since the last one. Eight years. Yeah, they they got to find a way to subvert all of the zombie tropes that we have been inundated with since the movie came out. We've you know we've had and the Walking that. Dead and all of that. So I think they need to do. I would like to see them fix the zombie crisis. All of the zombie things I've ever seen, they're always been like, oh no, it's actually a story about the dystopian world of humans trying to deal with this and how they uh, how they adapt to this new world. It's like no. I want someone to fix it. You know, they tried to do that in like, um, what was that? Uh, Brad Pitt zombie. Oh, World War Z. Yeah. They kind of tried to to fix it, but yeah, I just want to see like, uh, I want to see him like show up and be like, yeah, we got the cure here. We got to go around the country. Yeah. We got to go around the country, like shooting up this cure into zombies. I don't know. That's probably a dumb idea, but it's going to be so hard to make an original zombie movie nowadays. Everything's been done. But I think the thing is they don't need to make an original one. As long as they capture the humor and the characters of the first one, I think this will be fine. Um, It's not Michael Sarah. It's um, Lex Luthor, right? Who who was in this movie? Uh, Is it Andy? Not Andy Samberg. No. why the, can't we think of them? Yeah, <laughs> they all they all kind of look alike. <laughs> yeah, either either way, um, he he plays Lex Luthor in in, in the Batman movie. Uh, but um, yeah, him, Emma Stone, uh, Woody Harrelson. As long as they get the humor back, like I, I remember, you know, step one, cardio. Like those were really cool. Like that list thing that he had. Like how how does he survive this? Without Jesse really, Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse there Eisenberg. There we go. So I'm I'm excited to see what kind of where they go with that. I'm not a f- huge lover of the first one, but. Um, it, it's it'll be fun to come back to that. And lastly, in comic book news, Bloodshot. We've talked about this for a while. I think with Vin Diesel, they're shooting for a February twenty first, twenty twenty, for Bloodshot. So a couple more years before we we get to see that one. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be hard pressed to get people hyped for this movie. But okay, whatever. <laughs> I think I think they'll just use Vin Diesel's name, much like they do with any any movie The Rock's in. We got we yeah. got The Rock. Get Dwayne Johnson here. From, He's on a from skyscraper. The crea- from the creators of Fast and the Furious comes out of blah, 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 blah. Something He's like that. He's silver and has red eyes. <laughs> there was an awesome Silver Surfer cosplay this weekend. Uh, the dude was buff and ripped as 
to, to heck. So that definitely helped. And I'm glad that he – I'm sure he probably did some research when it comes to painting himself because he had to toe – Silver, he 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 did a great job, and he had the surfboard and everything. So shout out to that guy if you're listening to this. Good did he have costume. did he have wheels on the board so he could like wheel around like a surfboard no, around the floor? No, no, he didn't. But since he was basically wearing no clothing, he uh, he like taped his Comic Con badge to the underside of his surfboard. So I was like, well, that's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. So well, that's cool. Well, that's our Comic Con news wrap up, Mike. There's a lot to die just there there's a lot of links and trailers if you haven't watched them we have them in here except for wonder woman 84 you got to get a hold of me personally um to do that come on click on now we're going to talk about news outside of comic-con and i'm i'm still having a hard time digesting this mike like yeah this i think this was good leaving it for the last bit of news on the show because this is i don't think this is going to be something that we have to dance around but it there's so many weird uh, just emotions and topics built into this one act that happened that I, I don't know if we're going to have any definitive uh, decisions on how <laughs> we feel about this. So this this week, um, a, a alt-right group dug up some history on James Gunn uh, from 2000 and I believe 11, I think it was, maybe 2010. I did some research on this earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um uh, some stuff James Gunn did before he was hired by Disney, before he even was in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think Slither was the biggest thing under his name. Yeah, these were basically public tweets that were out there in the world. Anyone could have read them basically if they scrolled long enough on his uh, Twitter account. Well, yeah. it was it was also on his website, JamesGunn.com. So there was multiple th- multiple sites that, that the same things were on. Mm-hmm. Um, the all right people have dug it up, made a big fuss out of it, and then um, the head of disney um well, i can't think of his name off the top of my head uh whoever not the main Bob guy Iger? no no Bob it Iger? no it wasn't <laughs> I, it wasn't Iger. it was somebody else mm-hmm. um you know has let the world know that essentially james gunn was fired by disney he will no longer be directing guardians of the galaxy volume three and um has been let go james gunn has come out and you know after all this stuff in like 2011 he has apologized for that in like 2012 like he's like yes this was out of taste He's gone through all this before, you know, six years ago. It's, this is not new. He didn't do this this week. This isn't yeah. anything that happened yeah. right now. That's the weirdest thing about it because the the first thing that pops into my head that's kind of pseudo-comparable was when uh, Roseanne had the racist tweet. But mm. that was like a live reaction. She had the racist tweet. ABC reacted and fired her. So it seemed very one-to-one. So this kind of seemed weird off the bat just because these were like really old tweets. It's like, this is really old news. And it's not like someone did like investigative journalism and like went to some sort of courthouse and undug these secret like record, like recorded messages. Like, no, these were just out there on the internet. Like, like Mm -hmm. I said, you could just scroll and like see them. Like it wasn't hidden. So that was what was really weird. So it's just kind of like, well, if it's out there in the masses and it's existing that means kind of society tolerates it but then if you bring it back to new light it's kind of it doesn't it's weird it's it's still there the tweets are still weird out of context yeah but i guess you have to think of where james gunn was in his career back in the day so some people have kind of been describing it as like oh well he was just really into cringe humor so you got to be okay with it but then some people are just like well you know he apologizes back in the past like why didn't he delete these tweets 
uh, save himself the trouble. And now I bet he wish he was. But then also some people might say like, oh, well, freedom of speech, he should be able to say what he wants. But then some people are like, well, but yeah, but then he talked about like jokingly having sex with kids. And so it's just like, it's just, there's so, there's so much going on here. There's, there's a lot to do. Like, yeah. There's a lot going on. Like, I mean, if he didn't, if he apologized for it and didn't delete it, like he, his apologies were published on multiple websites, including one for Glad. Which I think, you know, like, for, like, you know, people who would be offended by that, like... Yeah, because I think he made uh, an uh, off-color joke about uh, trans, a transgender... Trans- I don't I don't remember all the tweets. I saw I saw it as a big compilation, like one JPEG that was kind of low quality, and I had to, like, pinch and zoom, and I, it was not the best way to look at them all. Yeah, and I went back through the people who called him out the first time and read their stuff, because it was still online, and, and, like, they were like, yeah, he's even apologized, like... You know, we 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 kind of accept his apology, kind of thing, yeah. for what he did. And another and another weird portion of it is like you said, you know, it was somebody at the on the alt right. But the uh, the weirdest thing about it is there's there's I mean, this kind of goes into politics, which I don't want to get into. But <laughs> this is all like a big hypocrisy point of view. Where if you look into the tweets of the person that outed him on Twitter. He basically says, like, r- raping a woman is okay if she doesn't say anything or if she doesn't mm. vocalize it. And it's just like, okay. So it's co- already coming from, like, a untrusted source or, like, a, a skeezy source. So it's just – there's just so much ick and goo all over this that I, I just don't know how to feel. But I think one thing I do know for sure is that if you are famous enough to need or able to afford a publicist – Every publicist out there needs to scroll through every tweet that anybody, your client has ever made. And you just got to start deleting that stuff just because, I mean, it just seems to be a catalog for any random one-off thought that people might have. And I, I mean, I don't tweet a whole lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if I scrolled through my Twitter feed from years ago, I'd probably find something like, oh, I can't believe I said that. That's so stupid. I Hopefully none of it is as stupid and racist, but uh, but James Gunn's wasn't racist. It was like kind of... Insensitive. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird because it's just like, if a comedian was on stage and he made these jokes in front of a microphone he wouldn't have been fired people would be like oh i don't like his humor it's very weird and gross i don't like it you know i'm not going to go see his stand-up but he probably wouldn't have been fired from a movie if someone found that old old stand-up bit because it's all within the context of a stage but since it's in the context of almost like twitter it's it's just so weird there's there's nothing there's no easy way to put a finger on it because it's so old and again, James Gunn has used his position, you know, getting fame with Marvel and Disney to speak out against all that stuff and become a better person. Um, you know, he he's not he hasn't been like that in years. He's nothing. This is not new. This isn't like oh he came out of the, you know, the the, the dark and was just very mean to people. He's always been a good person. You know, since he was able to get himself up and into the spotlight. Um, you know, this is I, to me. I mean. From a business decision, Mike, I totally understand why Disney had to do what they had to do. Um, because if they didn't, you know, there's there's a lot more. That's a big PR mess. But I think maybe they jumped to conclusions too quickly. Um, but also at the same time, if we look at it the other way, you know, they hired Robert Downey Jr., who has been accused of actual felonies and you know things. Uh, he has you know things on his criminal record, but he's still there. If they did dug into his past, would they fire him as well? 
because yeah, of and the, his yeah, and this kind of comes back around to the Johnny Depp thing where there's some stuff swirling around about him. And then this kind of opens up a huge can of worms of just like, well, what's the cutoff? Is there any is there any sort of cutoff where you're automatically fired or is it just strictly down to it, when social media makes a big enough noise, which is you know really crazy that like the court of public opinion holds so much weight. Uh, but also uh, the Disney Fox merger, they're about to own a whole lot of Hollywood. So if James Gunn is blacklisted there, you know, obviously it doesn't seem like he's going to be making a movie for Fox if Disney owns it. So, well, yeah, I don't know, man. I this, don't, is, this is strange. I don't know if he'll be blacklisted forever, at least, in, you know, for the next, you know, six months while people still remember it. Um, I mean, we, we still have, I mean, people still let, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, he's a pedophile from like the seventies or eighties. Um, he, he makes movies. I don't remember his name. They they still let um, uh, who did Annie Hall? Oh, you're thinking of um, exactly. See, I'm having... Ah, that's right. On the it, we whatever. It's, he's never made a superhero movie. That's why we do, can't recall. His yeah, name yeah, right exactly. Now. Well, still, there are people out there who still make movies who had you know things in their lives you know tear them down in, in the moment, but um. I, Are you I, thinking Woody Allen? Woody Allen, that's who it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of them. Um, either way, it's it's a hard situation. Where do you? Put, I mean, I, I understand Disney's you know stance. I also understand that James Gunn has essentially used his you know um, success to become a better person and and do that. And, you know, become a, a voice for the 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 broken huddled masses so yeah i i just hate how it's all tied to politics because the tweet that that kind of brought this to the surface had the hashtag of like walk away which is supposed to be this uh movement to try to get people to vote a very specific way so i just don't like how it's all wrapped up in that you know mm-hmm. like if it was like um i don't know like the hollywood reporter you know some sort of news website that kind of brought these back to the surface you know maybe we'd be talking it's, about it's like a, a double jeopardy like he's already like he's getting accused for a crime he was already cleared of um, yeah but like but that was a different society back then than yeah. now so yeah it's it's so weird man i would i would be worried of almost anybody that just has a clear hard opinion about it already because i feel i feel like there's just there's too much going on here you i, th- know? I so, think what what this to, i think so there's a petition on change.org not again not that those do anything to get him rehired right now mm-hmm. it's sitting at 126,000 signatures um in like you know what what what's what is today the 22nd within mm-hmm. one day already 126,000 signatures um to to get him kind of rehired because you know to rethink that i don't know if it will but at least they'll you know hopefully have heard the people who signed it um the other thing is i mean he just finished the script for Guardians three, so they'll probably mm-hmm. still work on his script because you know why? Why would they not work on the script of somebody who who created the Guardians in the cosmic universe? There? Are they going to bring in uh, Joss Whedon to direct this? Well, movie? so that was the other question: Who do you hire to do Guardians three? My suggestion: Taika Waititi. Oh, that would be interesting. He and there's no Thor four on the horizon that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got humor. And can handle the spacey chops, the 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 I guess the aliens and the stuff that's really not earthly grounded. Uh-huh. I think if they work Taiko Atiti off of James Gunn's script, I think it could still be okay. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like that sounds good to me. I think those tones match and fit pretty well. Uh, you know, the Guardians have already had a chance to meet Thor, so we've kind of had that crossover anyway so maybe that'll be mentally uh, easier to handle for the audience but yeah i'm not too worried about the movie in general 
just because, you know, Marvel is such a machine now that I feel like they'll be able to slot somebody in. This may, maybe this might have been a little bit different if he was fired like right after the second Guardians came out because then like, you know, he would be so far from being and, able to like attribute to where the story should go, you know. Well, he's also kind of been painted as the he was going to do the cosmic side for Marvel map that universe. And maybe he already has to the most part. Uh-huh. Um, I could also see them finding a replacement uh, with the uh, name Games Jun. I think I think the, the new director Games <laughs> Jun is coming in to, to play here. D- does he have uh, glasses with a iconic nose and mustache attached to it? <laughs> he, he 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 might. That's he, a very thick mustache he's wearing. Right <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm kidding. But a lot of people have come out in in his support as well. Um, Actor wise, uh, I think the only Marvel actor that could possibly come out in his honor, like in his side, and maybe save him would be if Robert Downey Jr. did. Yeah, I think- that would be kind of weird. Like, what if there was like a protest? Like, what if all of the actors for Guardians just, you know, protested? You know, they're all super mega rich. They could probably fight the contracts, or at least bring in a lawyer and say, like, "Hey, you fired the director that put us put this all this whole band together. We don't want to be in the movie." Like, what, that if, would be- what if all of Marvel did? Like, all the actors. Yeah, that would be weird. But then they're publicly making a stance. That means that they're going to go have to go out in front of a microphone, in front of a reporter, and justify. Like, it's going to be hard. A reporter's going to look at them. They're going to repeat the tweets verbatim and look them in the eye, and they're going to have to <laughs> respond to it some way. Maybe the best way to say it is just like, well, yeah, that's a joke, and then maybe you reference another really popular, famous comedian that's made maybe similar jokes. I maybe, don't know. maybe they don't have to stand up for him, but, I mean, if I look back on who I was six years ago, I was probably a dick, like, way worse than I am now, Mike. So yeah. it, it's, it's all about growth and and. I mean, I, I lean more towards like, yeah, this is kind of wrong, but I, I understand business and, and it has to go yeah. on. It's just you you have to be your own advocate, whether you're a millionaire, a billionaire. So it's just like protect your own interests. Like I'm not trying to say any of those jokes were funny. I mean, I looked at them and I didn't laugh at any of them. Like none of these jokes would have made me laugh. If there are indeed jokes, you know, some people are theorizing there could be more underneath them. I can't speak to that. And um, I don't know if a uh, if an investigator is going to come and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, uh, but yeah, this is just, this is weird, man. This is very weird. I don't know how to handle it. So we'll just kind of keep this uh, reported as we go. So I guess if the only headache of Marvel not having a panel, or I guess the blessing of Marvel not having a panel at Comic-Con is not explaining this or you know, dealing yeah. with the crowd. Well, he was one. supposed to be at Comic-Con. He had some sort of weird cryptic image that he tweeted that he was supposed to be talking about. Sony, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it was. Some people were saying it was some sort of Halloween movie, possibly. So I we have no idea what that project was supposed to be. So, um, yeah, there's something, there's a mystery afoot of what well, James Gunn is up to. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that it's some sort of movie. It's a horror movie, but I think it's, I think it's known what it is. So I think we're fine, but... <sighs> All right, I'm out of energy, that's, Mike. That's, 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 that, that's a way to end the podcast. Uh, uh, a fury of Comic Con news, and then we uh, we talk about the the simple nuances of a director. You know, how about how about this? Over. We we will end it by talking about my San Diego Comic Con pop collection I got this week. How about that? Yes. On a better news. So every big convention, New York, San Diego, and I believe E Triple C, which is like Emerald City Comic Con, have pop vinyls associated with those. Uh, this year, uh, San Diego Comic Con included the Iron Man Mark One armor from the movie, uh, the, mm-hmm. the big metal silver one with the flamethrower, which is probably my favorite. That's at GameStop. 
Uh, I was able to get a classic Ant-Man suit from the comics and Kraglin with the fin from Guardians 2. Hey. Uh, and Valkyrie in her battle armor from Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And lastly, one of the coolest ones I just got in the mail today, the box is banged up, but I still got it, is Thor at the end of Ragnarok and, and with like when he's powering up with the with the lightning around his arms. Oh, cool. But one of his eyes is concave because he doesn't have it at the end of the movie. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, it's really, it's really like, it's just the little things that make these cool. So um, I also have a Black Bolt and Lockjaw coming, but everyone kind of got those uh, opened up. I don't think anyone's bought those but me yet. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when those get here. But Pop vinyls for everybody. I know you have one, one of your buddies is big into pop vinyls and he keeps trying to, post about how many he has i'm like son you had to up those numbers those are rookie numbers so um yeah anyway anything else mike you want to add for me before we wrap this up it's, it's a long episode but it is I, the biggest one of the year yeah i think that i think that's about it i had a great time and i'm going next year and i hope you're there with me all right well we'll, we'll try to get superhero slate out there together mike cross our fingers until then if people want to follow you and see some of your stuff you shared from the convention where can they find that at well, as always, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Go check out my Instagram stories. If they have all expired, uh, what's that thing where you can go on the profile and you can kind of look at the archived ones? I've, I've like, stamped one as San Diego Comic-Con, so you can see a little bit of what I did there. Not a whole lot. I'm busy experiencing things, not taking a lot of pictures. So, uh, But you can uh, find us. You can find more of us at SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host a show and to get our show notes. There are so many blue links on our show notes right now that i'm looking at in our document so wait, wait. if you if you, you, you cut me what? out you didn't even let me tell people where i am mike oh that's right God. sorry man i'm just like rushing right into i it. know chris, it's all right you, you can, can find you can find the lovely uh chris dillard at valdan <laughs> on twitter and valdan 87 on instagram where you can go look at his awesome pop vinyls and you can look at him tweeting he put up a pretty manly picture of himself yeah. uh with a chainsaw earlier today so if you yeah. want to go check out the dashing man thank you that's valdan Thank you. Now you can continue with where you can find us at. <laughs> so, yeah, we got we got tons of links out there. So hit that up at SuperheroSlate.com if you want to watch all those trailers. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Play, Music, uh, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, we love hearing from you. Reach out. Uh, review us on iTunes. You can drop a comment there. You can show up in the YouTube comments if you want. You can tweet at us. We love hearing from you. Uh, and if you're a super fan of the show if you want to be considered a super fan and give me uh and give me a fist pump and i'll be like thanks for that super fan all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week with more superhero entertainment news yes that's right especially next week because it'll probably die down a little bit after this so uh i guess we'll catch you guys next week see you then all right bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe give me your best alan chris Alan.